Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. These times are calling for times of comfort. But you know what? What we need most is not necessarily the comfort. What we need most is to know God. Yes, it is to know God. Knowing God, knowing you can't enter the rest of God if you don't know God. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? Many people are wondering what's going on. People are wondering. People are asking questions. So where is God in all this? Is this a judgment? Is this judgment from God? Is everybody going to die? Is this thing going to end? What's going on? People are asking questions and questions and questions and questions. I don't need to know what's going to happen. I don't need to know how things are going to pan out. I don't need to know when things are going to end. I don't need to know how things are going to end. But I need to know God. Hallelujah! I need to know God. Because as I read earlier on, Daniel chapter 11 verse... I didn't actually read it. Let me read it. Daniel chapter 11 verse 32. And such... As do weakly against the covenant shall be shall he corrupt by flatteries. That's this talking about some great leader in those times. But now, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do express. I read it again. It says that, but the people that do know their God, I do not need to know what's going on. I do not need to know how things are going to turn out. It's the, it's the fallen human nature. That's what natural we all, humanly speaking, that we want to know. We want to know what's going on. We want to know how things are going. We want to know. We want to know. That's a human nature. But I've discovered something in God. I've found a place in God. I've found a place. It's called the resting place. And that part of being in that resting place is I do not know. I do not need to know. I do not need to know. I do not need to know. How things are going to turn out, how things are going to end, how long it's going to take. But one thing that I can afford not to know is I can't afford not to know my God. They that know their God. They that know their God. My brother, my sister, the re- one of the reasons why I'm sitting bef- before you by God's grace to share God's word with you is to help you, is to encourage you, is to challenge you to target in knowing God. Knowing God, knowing God. In Philippians chapter 3, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. This, but what things were gained to me, those things I counted lost for Christ. Verse 8. Yeah, doubt, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, I will leave the rest. I said, I, yeah, I count, I count them, doubtless, doubtless, I don't doubt about it. I count them lost. Why? For the ex, watch it, verse 8. Yeah, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge. You know, so what is Paul saying here? Paul is saying that the, knowing, the knowledge of Christ, knowing Christ is so excellent. Hallelujah! He said, knowing Christ is so excellent, I'm willing to count anything lost. I'm willing to consider all things lost for the excellence of knowing Christ. 
knowing Christ, he said, for the excellence, is there in Philippians chapter 3 verse 8, he said, yeah, doubtless, and I count all things but Lord, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have counted all For the excellency, knowing the knowledge of Christ, this, this is what I'm trying to say, and this is what I believe Paul is saying, the knowledge of Christ is excellent. Hallelujah! Those who know their God, the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of our God is the most excellent thing that can ever happen to anybody. So in, in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18, it says, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The knowledge of that I might know him. That, in fact, he continues in Philippians chapter 3, verse 9, that and, uh, okay, verse, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but done, that I'm, I may win Christ and be found in him, not, not, uh, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. But look at verse 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. <laughs> is this not so amazing? <laughs> Watch this. He said, verse 10, Philippians 3, 10, that I may, I may know him, that I may know him, that I may know him. He said, I count all these things that are going on in my life. I count this loss. I count this loss. I count this loss. And well, no problem. I'm suffering. I'm going through this. No problem. I count it for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Now I said, I see all this, that I may know him and not only know him and know the power of his resurrection. Thank you, Jesus. The power of his resurrection, know him, know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable to his death. This is the, the bit the modern day Christians leave out. We don't talk about the fellowship of his suffering and we don't talk about the being made conformable to his death. That means that, in fact, I think First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31, I believe, Paul said, I die daily. He says, I die daily. I die daily, daily, daily. I die daily. Being made conformable to his death. I die daily. I die daily. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31. I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. First Corinthians 15 verse 31. I die daily. I die daily. I die. Being made conformable to his death. I die daily. I die daily. I die daily. I, the other time in my studies and my research, I found out that being crucified on the cross doesn't necessarily kill. There are people who could stay on the cross for six days before they die. Jesus stayed on the cross for a few hours and he died. But so the cross does crucifixion doesn't necessarily kill. If you stay on the cross long enough, that's when you die. A lot of people get crucified, but they come down very quickly from the cross. He said, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I've been crucified with Christ. No, but you came down a while ago. <laughs> I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. We came down. So staying on the cross is what makes a person die. Paul said, I died daily. He said, both things. I might know him, the power of his resurrection. The fellowship of his suffering being made conformable to his death. We only talk about, I might know him in the power of his resurrection. You know, 
But Jesus Christ started with suffering. So he went through suffering. They, they, they attacked him. They persecuted him. And then they killed him. So he went through suffering. And then he died. So suffering and died. And resurrection. Alright. So, but we, we don't start from suffering and dying. We start with the resurrection power. We know him. Knowing Christ is what helps us to enjoy the resurrection power. And the resurrection power at work in us is what empowers us to know the fellowship of his suffering and being made conformable to his death. Alright. So it's with Christ, he suffered, died, resurrected. But we, we start with resurrection into death. I'm not talking about just physical death. He said, I die daily. Conform, be made conformable to his death. But what brought me to Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 is more about that I might know him. That I might know him. They that know their God. I, brothers and sisters, I do not, as I said, I do not need to know a lot so long as how future, the future is going to pan out. I don't need to know a lot. So what I, what are you talking about? If I know God, I know He's trustworthy. <laughs> ah, that's where I'm coming from. <laughs> get it, get it, get it. If I know, it says that, Second Corinthians chapter 1, that we will trust God. You know, we'll put our trust in God. We will not trust in ourselves. We'll trust in God. So if I know God, it's easy. I can trust Him. But how can you trust someone you don't know? How? How can you rest in God if you don't know God? How? How? So these times, I believe God is creating the opportunity for somebody. I believe it. I believe it. For all of us. It will take a little bit of determination and discipline. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says that, but Daniel purposed in his heart. It will take a certain level of determination, purposefulness and discipline for us to enter that's why in Hebrews chapter 4, it says, let us labor to enter the rest of God. It takes a certain level of responsibility. You don't just slide or slip, slip, slip. I mean, S-L-I-P. You don't just slide or slip or sleep into the rest of God. No, the rest of God is not about sleep. It's not about slip or it's not about sliding. The rest of God is about laboring. So the laboring here means that now, oh, thank you, Jesus. There is, there, there is certainly enough time for you to make time for God. Hello? Hello? Yes. Let me repeat what I said. This season means there is enough time for most of us. For you, I'm talking about you. There is enough time for you to make time for God. There is enough time for you to start devotions with your family, with your children. Study the Bible with your own children so that it doesn't become only the responsibility of Sunday school teachers. Yes. That means that you can have a bit more. It's, it, this is the time where husbands and wives can do their own Bible studies together because you've been so busy. This is the time you can have time for that your son, that your daughter who has taught who actually is growing without you knowing. Your daughter is growing at home, but you don't know her. Because you've been so busy. Not because you're bad. You've tried. You have been trying. Your son is growing. You don't know your son. 
You don't know who is influencing your son. You don't even know what they are watching on TV. You don't know what they are watching on their phones. You don't know what they are watching on their iPad. You don't know who, what websites they have been going. You don't know. But you are such a good person. You are such a loving parent. You are such a responsible parent. But by virtue of your activities, by virtue of your engagement, you have been so busy. You've been so busy that you never even got time to read your own Bible. Your Bible has become so dusty. This is the time to make time for God. In fact, this is the time where God is going to separate true worshippers from shallow, flaky, superficial worshippers. Hallelujah. So, picking it up from last week about how Bible says that in Genesis chapter 1, God created uh, uh, the heavens and the earth, day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, he created the beasts, and then, uh, 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 sorry, day five, and then day six, he created the beasts, and then he said, now, verse 26, Genesis 1, 26, let us make man in our own image. So, on the sixth day, God created man. So, God created man on the day six, and when God created man on day six, Bible says that evening and the morning were the sixth day and God rested. This chapter two, verse one, and God rested on the seventh day. So the point I made last week is that God created man so that when man's first day on the job, man's first day on earth was to enter into God's rest. In Mark chapter two, Verse 27, there was a discourse between Jesus and the Pharisees and they saw his disciples on the Sabbath day. They were plucking some, the ears of some corns and they came to Jesus and said, why does your, your disciples pluck corns on the Sabbath day? And then Jesus said, you haven't read, haven't you read talking about the scriptures? Jesus likes talking, always making reference to the scriptures, you know. Jesus said, haven't you read how David when he went into the temple on and ate, David ate in the days of Abiata the priest, David ate the shoe bread. It was only meant for priesthood. David ate it and gave some to his followers who were in need and hungry. And Jesus said, verse 27, Mark chapter 2, verse 27, he said, and he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So, oh, this is deep. Wow. Wow. But last week when I was talking, I said that, you know, when we are created, we are created for the Sabbath. And somebody will say, but you, you, that's different from what the scripture said. I mean, let me explain it. Here, when I said we are created for the Sabbath, what I meant was we were created so as to enter. The Sabbath was made to wait for us. So when it's like you, 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 um, a, a mother who is expressing is for the child. The child was not made for the milk. So that's what God did. The Sabbath day. The Sabbath day was prepared to wait for man's arrival. Hallelujah! That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> there is a place in God that was, has been prepared for you to enter rest. So it's like the Bible says that um, 
Hear my cry, O Lord. Attend unto my cry. From the earth of the earth, from the ends of the earth, will I cry unto you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. There is always a place in God for somebody. He says that, lead me to the rock. He says that, in some, that's I think in Psalm 61. In Psalm 42, he says that, as the deer pants for the waters, so my soul pants after you. You alone are my hiding place, my heart desire, and I long to. There's a place I can run and hide. In Psalm 46 verse 1, he said, the Lord, the Lord is a present help in time of trouble. Therefore, our hearts shall not fear, even if the earth be moved into the sea, even if the whole earth be moved into the sea. The Lord is our present help. The Lord, kind, kind about shame. I'm get. I told you, God will help you. Who told you you'll be put to shame? Who? Glory, hallelujah. Psalm 46, verse one. It says that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear? Therefore, we will not we fear? Therefore, will not we fear? Though the earth be removed, the entire earth, the earth has been taken away. It's like someone has blown the earth. So we will not fear. Though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters uh, thereof roar and be troubled, though like a tsunami, tsunami is coming. I say, oh, our hearts shall not be fear, be moved. Though the mountains shake with swelling thereof. It's like the mountains are shaking like they're about to explode. So I have to not fear. Why? Because there is a, there's a place. Look at verse four. There is a river. There is a river. Hallelujah. There is a river. There is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the most high. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her and rise early. God is never late. Hallelujah. There is a place in God. So when so much is happening around us. When so much is happening, there's unrest, there is there trouble. It says that there is a place in God. There is a place in God. There is a, there is a river. Psalm 46 verse 4. Thank you, Jesus. It says that there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Psalm, 1, Psalm 46 verse 4. He says, even though, even though all these negatives are happening around us, our hearts shall not fear. I like the verse 2. Therefore, we will, verse 1 says that God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in, in trouble. Why? Because of that, therefore, because God is our refuge and our strength, I, me, I'm a refugee, and God is my refuge. I'm weak. God is my strength. I'm a refugee, God, and I'm a proud, bona fide refugee. <laughs> refugee. I'm not talking about asylum. I'm a refugee. If you are listening to me and you're trusting God, then God is your refuge. We are refugees, and we are weak. God is our strength, a very present help in trouble, not later help. God does not defer help. God is our very present help in time of trouble. Heaven will help you. Psalm 121 verse 1 says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence come my help? My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Hallelujah. So he said, God is our very present. Therefore, I like that therefore. Verse 2 said, therefore will not we fear though the earth be removed. 
even though the earth be the whole earth be removed, we will not fear. Why? Because God is our refuge. It's my hiding place. I hide in God. You see, that's what he's trying to say. God is my refuge. So it doesn't matter what is happening around. You know, I don't know the name of that. Um, usually it's in theme parks. And I've, I've actually never had the privilege of being in one before. It's like a big ball. Um, rubber. Plastic or something ball. And people can go and hide in. And then it to be rolling inside. You are inside. It's rolling down the mountain. And I think it gives thrill and fun. And sometimes they do different ones and people will be fighting with it and no one gets hurt because they are shielded in a ball. Bible says that God is our refuge. We are also in like a cocoon. So when the child, baby, the fetus is in the mother's womb, sometimes things can hit the mother and it won't affect the baby because the baby is covered by shock absorbers called amniotic fluid. The amniotic fluid is, is, is it's like absorbs the shock. Right, God, we are in God, and there is amniotic fluid, divine amniotic fluid. Fire the word. The more you receive the word and trust in God, the more you are loading your system with divine supernatural shock absorbers. Bible says that you will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And in Psalm 56, verse 3, yes, Psalm 56, verse 3, said, What time I am afraid, I will trust in you. What time, anytime I'm afraid. I'll trust you. Your trusting in God comes by your exposure to God's word. And then that trust you have in God is what forms the, it's like a cocoon. It forms the uh, spiritual amniotic fluid around your life. So that when the vicissitudes of life, the issues of life come and batter you, hit you, you are so covered. He said, our God is our refuge and our strength. There is a place in God. So when God created heaven and the earth. He finally, after he finished everything, he formed how he declared a day of rest. So the Sabbath was made for man. The breast milk was made for the coming baby. The Sabbath was made for man. So by the time man arrives, there is already breast milk in God. There is already preservation in God. There is already a hiding. So before, watch this, watch this. This is a good one. Before Satan came into the garden to attack God's relationship or attack man to uh, disengage man from the protection and preservations and the best of earth, God has already reserved a place in himself for man so that man can always come to God. And Jesus came. He says he came to bring us back there. Now, Mark, I was reading Mark. Let me finish this Mark. Mark chapter 2, verse um, verse 27. Mark 2, 27. Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Mark 2, 27. And he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Because they were using the Sabbath to control man. Hey, you have to do this. You don't have to do this. Hey, you have to do this. No, 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 no. Jesus said, so you are getting it wrong. And then look at the verse, next verse. Very powerful. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also over the Sabbath. He's Lord over the Sabbath. If you have Christ, you are in the Sabbath. If you have Christ, you are in the Sabbath of God. That is why in Hebrews chapter 4, oh boy, oh boy, I think I have to end. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3. For we which believe do enter into rest. This is a serious text. Those of us who believe, we do enter into rest. Believe into rest. How do you enter the rest of God? Believe. 
Because the rest of God was made for you. But why is it that I'm not entering it? There is a place in God. God is our refuge. God is our shield. God is our protection. That, that, for God, for that to be a reality, you have to believe. There is, watch this, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3. For we which believe do enter into rest. Verse 4. For he spake in a certain place on the seventh day in this wise. And God did rest the seventh day from all his works. Whose works? His works. Everything God has done on the seventh day. Bible said God rested. Okay. From all his works. All right. So verse 7 says that again. He limits, he limits a certain day, saying in David, today, if you hear uh, today, after so long a time, uh, as he said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. So you always have to hear. If verse 9, that's the one I'm looking at. Verse 9 says that there remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. There's, it's, all, it's still there. So those of us who believe do enter into rest. For he that is entered into his rest, he uh, he also has ceased from his own works as God did. So where, how did God enter his rest? When he finished everything, he just entered that day of rest. And he created man as the last thing. He said, man, you to come and enter it. That's all. Come and enter it. How do I enter it now? I have to believe to enter the rest of God. Those of us who believe, we enter. How do you believe? By exposing yourself to the word of God. How How do you expose yourself to the word of God? Cut off yourself from other junks and expose yourself to true word of God preached by true men of God. Sometimes in times like this, it is very easy for you to be a pastor and asking the people to be doing things for you. We are here to serve you, not here for you to serve us. It's very important with the word of God to help you to be strong, to help you to grow, to help you to know God more, to know God more. Now, if you want to grow in faith, you have to expose yourself. Please, I'm begging you. Ex- restrict what you keep listening to. Every fear, every, fear is growing and faith is being stifled. But you can only enter rest through faith. So expose yourself to hearing the word of faith. The word of faith. The word of faith. Some, some preaching is not even worth listening to. Even though it might come across as preaching. It is not, it is not bringing faith and hope. Now, let me say this in conclusion about this hope and faith matter. When we talk about hope, we Christians, we, our hope is not only in this, on this earth, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Our, our hope is not only on this earth. It says that if only in this earth we have hope, then we are of all men most miserable. We are most miserable if it's only on this earth we have hope. So whether we are alive or we die, our hope transcends human or material life or the current life it goes beyond jesus can't wait to see us can't wait to meet us some of you think when jesus meets you he's going to say oh you know he didn't try he could have done better no he's more going to be happy than you are going to be happy to see him he that's how much he loves us you must know christ no when you know your god you know that you take care of a lot of things but the point i'm making is that when we talk about hope some people see hope as um maybe things will change you know, but when we talk about the Christian hope, the Christian hope is hinged on the character of God. How much you know God will not let you down. Somebody puts it this way. I don't know what the future holds, but I know him who holds the future. And so Christian hope is hinged 
on our knowledge of God. They that know their God shall be strong and do exploit. That's Christian hope. Christian hope is hinged on how much you know God and how much you trust God, how much you know. Not maybe someone has told you, oh, things are stopping from next week or money is coming or situations are changing and now you are hopeful. Oh, no. Oh, no, that's good. But that is not the, when we talk about hope in Christ, Christian hope is not based on uh, assurance or expectation that conditions will change. Like somebody says that I, I, um, I, 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 I had a dream. I had a dream that finally I'm married. And so now I'm very happy. That's no hope. That's vain hope. Dream, whatever you are hoping will happen, you are wishing will happen, or you are assuming will happen, does not mean it's hope. Real hope is your trust in God that I know in whom I have believed. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 12. I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded. Christian hope. I am persuaded. Now, there's no way you can enter into the rest of God if you don't have faith. Bible says that faith is the substance. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 11. So chapter 11 verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Have faith in God. Cut off yourself. Labor to enter rest. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 11. Let's labor to enter the rest of God. Labor. How do you labor? Cut off yourself from some junk. Cut off yourself from unnecessary and unhealthy information. Cut off yourself from information that is meant to feed you with fear, anxiety, uncertainty, and more worry. And expose yourself to more more of God's word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. He, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing. Listen, expose yourself more to God's word. Expose yourself more to God's word. And that is where the laboring is. Labor to enter the rest because the rest was made for you. The rest has been made for you. There is a place of rest in God for you. I came back to encourage somebody just to let you know, Jesus said, the Son of Man is also the Lord of the Sabbath. Finally, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11, I just spoke about Hebrews 4, 11. Now, Hebrews 11, 11, by faith, Sarah has also, by faith also, Sarah herself received strength. It said, through faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. In other words, said he, she received Sarah. She has gone past the time of having a child. So how did she have a child? Bible said through faith. What? It happened through faith. What was humanly impossible happened through faith. Why? Because faith links. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Faith links you. Faith connects you. Faith moves you into that place of rest where with God all things are possible. That there is a place in God where you can see the, the spectrum of God's goodness. <laughs> There's a place. And until you shift into that place, you live your life by sight. You live your life, your life will become at the, you live your life at the mercy of situations and circumstances. Bible says that by faith, Sarah herself received strength. By faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive and was delivered of a child when she was past age. Wow, this is the key one. She was delivered of a child when she was past age. Watch this. 
watch this as I, I finish. When she was past eight, because she, she judged, oh, this is too serious. She judged God faithful. She judged him faithful who had promised. That's what I've been trying to say. Okay, let's, 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 let's go back to the text. He said, by faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive and she was delivered of a child when she was past age. Because, you see, how did she receive the strength? How did she receive the faith? How, in the first, in the first place, she received strength through faith. She entered that place where human beings don't operate from naturally. She entered that place through faith. Faith is a means into the supernatural. Faith is a means into the superhuman. Faith is its means. Bible said by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Chapter 11 verse 2. The elders, through faith, the elders obtained a good report. The elders obtained a good report. The elders. So through faith, things can happen. Bible says that Sarah herself, through faith, she receives strength. You don't have the strength. You might not even have the ability, the whatever you need for your next stage. But through faith, I believe that it's coming. Through faith, Sarah herself receives strength and to conceive. You know, to conceive, you need strength. All ladies don't conceive because they don't have that strength. But she received strength to conceive and she gave birth to a child when she was past the time of giving birth. So how did that happen? Because she, Sarah, judged God faithful. My brother, my sister, they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. I said something. You don't need to know how things will turn out. But can you know God and judge him faithful? That's what I'm trying to say. Let's know God and judge him. Know that your God is faithful. Faithful is he who has promised, who also will do it. Faithful is he who has promised, who also will do it. The Bible says that for she judged him faithful who has promised. Wow. That's how come she received, she also had faith. Her faith did not, was not do a donation. Her faith was not a donation. Her faith was not yeah, he didn't, she didn't wake up, sleep, and one day woke up with faith. No. She labored to enter the rest. Her laboring that made faith come. She, Bible says that she judged God. She calculated everything. She observed, okay, this is a, no, God said it, this is the situation. Look at the two. He said, no. Bible says that Abraham did not consider his own body that was dead, neither the, the, the Sarah's womb that was now dead, but she uh, 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 Abraham, um, Romans chapter 4, verse 18, 19. Bible, he became strong in faith. He was strong. He was not weak in faith, but strong, trusting God. The same thing. Sarah, look at the situation. Look at what God has said. Look at my condition. Look at what God has said. He said, you know what? I choose to go with what God has said. I choose. I'll believe it. I trust God. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. My point is, God is faithful. If you can know him and trust him, you'll be fine. You operate in the rest realm. There is a rest realm for you. Know him, trust him, and operate in the rest realm. In the name of Jesus. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at harris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries.
Stay blessed.